Welcome uh, to another episode of A Pastor and His People. Today I'm here again with John Whitaker. Uh, back to our normal Monday morning uh, sermon uh, debrief, going deeper into the to the Word of the Lord. Uh, John, how you doing today, friend? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, at home, but I'm doing all right. Well, that's good. That's good. Again, thank goodness for technology. Um, well, it's good to have you back on these uh, these this this, this uh, podcast. You went away for a couple of weeks. I've been kind of playing your role since I've been out of the pulpit. Uh, but I was graciously able to get back in the pulpit yesterday and be able to to continue our study through First John. We have um, that was the the, the last, second to last one next week. Lord willing, we'll we'll finish up. So, um, all right. Well, let, let me uh, just kind of read the passage, um, and then I'll kind of hand it over to you, brother. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. First uh, John five uh, thir- uh, thirteen through fifteen. I write things these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we have asked of him. Um, So, uh, for your first point, do you have confidence in life? Um, You you gave the test, and you kind of just summarized um, all of First John. Correct. Um. Is there anything you felt like you didn't get to talk about with those tests in your summary of... Because he said, I write these things, and so you're like, okay, here's the point. Here's what John's doing. Is there anything maybe you'd like to add or application that you didn't get to? Uh, no, no. This is, well, there's only maybe, maybe one application point. I, I think that, uh, obviously, I hadn't, we hadn't met in First John for, for about three weeks, so I kind of wanted to kind of give a, a, a summary. And I think this this verse thirteen is the, the the whole point of First John, right? Just like in in the Gospel of John, John twenty thirty one thirty and thirty one, um, that's the the, the 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 thesis statement of the book. So I think this is the thesis statement of First John. Uh, so I think the theological test and the um, moral test and the relational test I've hit pretty hard as we've kind of walked through this series. So there wouldn't have been anything that I would would add. I did have one conversation this past week about um, loving the body of Christ and the relationship it is to the church. Uh, sometimes I think that I might, you know, I could be maybe accused of being too church centric. Um, the importance of gathering, fellowshipping. Uh, uniting with a local body of believers as a testimony of loving the body of Christ. Um, I, I still I, th- I still feel strongly for that because I think of the other commandments in the New Testament about submitting to leadership and um, you know you know church discipline. How do you do those things if you're not connected to a body? So I'm, I'm pretty strong on those. Um, but you you cannot be part of a church and still be for Jesus Christ. Um, but you can't be not part of a church for a long period of time, right? Uh, without a very unique, specific circumstance and not fail that relational love test of loving one another. Um, you know, so I just want to probably maybe clarify that point. I was trying to think, like, did I have time to kind of clarify that in the message? I just kind of said, yeah, I'll just kind of have to do that maybe individually for the person that, you know, may, may be concerned about it. Yeah. Um, well, well, the three tests, uh, for those that didn't hear, uh, a theological, one a moral one and a relational one and i kind of wrote down uh, just do you believe in christ do you live in christ do you love in christ kind of yeah. just kind of but because because the last one that's something though um just about loving each other and i think a question i would like to ask kind of get you to draw draw this out because i think in our culture love can mean different things yeah great point but, 
But I think where you're getting at is love in the sense of not just simply how you feel, but how you what you do for each other. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone after church, um, one of the members, and they they mentioned something about this idea of, of a misunderstanding of love, right? I mean, a redefinition of love. That's happening often in our culture. Uh, I think that... Um, Jonathan Lehman's book on church discipline, right, is helpful. You know, um, I think it's something about the, the the surprising offense of God's love. I think it's called a uh, wonderful idea of kind of drawing that idea out. Um, but you're right. I think that people think love is accepting of whatever you want to do with your life, right? Hey, that's good for you. Therefore, I'm being loving. Uh, and true love is 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 loving in truth, right? So we always love in truth. So sometimes you say things that someone doesn't want to hear, but because you love them, you say it, right? And we understand this in uh, parents and children. We understand this in husbands and wives. Uh, but people don't often want to understand it before when it comes from the church uh, to the larger world. Uh, I think partly because people don't want to really change, right? They don't want to be con- con- confronted. So, um, yeah, so I, I think you're exactly right there. Um, how would you maybe, uh, what's the kind of, uh, let's spark the question. Yeah, just um, because I felt theological, right, it's somewhat internal. Yeah. And then even morally, there, there's works there, but it is more of like uh, your morality. Just, you know, how, how, how are you a good person, bad person? There's some works there. But really what I thought most of the works was going to be shown, right, because this is kind of John is giving us a an empirical, right, you can be able to tell, not just your faith and sense of I have faith I'm good it's like well how do you know how can you know for sure if you're with your senses five senses know that you're saved and it's your relational aspect with your brothers and sisters in Christ so you can't just say I love them it's like okay you say you love them you're not caring for them like you said in our um, statement of faith uh, we are praying for them we we bring them meals we um, give them money when they need it when you know whatever it is it's if you're not doing those things and looking for those things and willing to do those things, right? The question should we ask? Okay, do you know Jesus? That's the, what John is doing. Yeah. And so for me, I just when I heard that, I was thinking, I wonder if someone may take that and say, "Oh yeah, I have a really good feeling towards my church." Uh, yeah. yeah. But no, no, no. Are you are you are you loving them? Not do you feel love towards them? Yeah, I think you know First John three. He he talks about that this idea of you know who how can you say that you love your brother when he's in need, right? So if your brother's in need and you say I'll pray for you or go on your way without actually meeting the need, well then you don't actually love them. Uh, I think the hard part is is what does love look like? You know, uh, because I think love is going to be look differently for you in 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 your season of life. It's going to look differently for me in my season. You know, everything's changing and we all want to grow in our love, but we don't want to, you know, kind of wait, lay down this guilt uh, on our shoulders. We have to do these certain things. So, you know, if you're not bringing a meal to someone, does that mean that you don't love people? Well, well no. But does that mean have you, do you have the desire to care for someone when they're in need? Um, when you find out that someone lost a spouse or someone is going through cancer, what are you doing to reach out to them? Right. You know, and I want to grow in my own love. I mean, I was thinking in my own time with the Lord this morning. There's certain people in the life of the body that I feel like I'm loving well, and there's others that I don't feel like that. I feel like as their pastor, I should reach out to them more. I think they might be going through things. How do I grow, do that myself? Then how do I lead the church in caring for those people who may be forgotten? 
Um, yeah. So there's always a, a, a growth aspect in our love. But I think that what's the disposition of the heart? Is the disposition of the heart, how can I love more? Or to justify the love I'm doing, right? And I think that, do I have a desire to love or not? So. Yeah. And I guess just one encouragement would be that um, Hebrews text that we referenced, right? Consider how to. And I think it's just um, just encouragement to, if you want to love others, just be thinking about others. Like, let people go through your mind. Of, kind, of like you're, kind of like you're just saying, man, I don't know if I'm loving them well. It's like, that's where I think the directory kind of you mentioned is such a good tool is that you get to go through and see people like, oh, yeah, like I need to reach out to them or, oh, I wonder how they're doing. Like, yeah. That incites a love and a curiosity for people. Can I just tell you that I was convicted while I was writing that point because I'm like, when's the last time we printed <laughs> a directory? I know we have one online, but I'm, I mean, there's reasons for not uh, printing it out yet. But I'm like, oh, we got to get one of those, those uh, taken care of. I will say this, though. This past week, uh, I have seen very tangible ways that our body is loving each other well, right? From people who are kind of new to the community, who have kind of come in, and I've heard them speak about our community, and it has just been overwhelming, honestly, in terms of the the love that people are experiencing from our community. Um, so I'm really, really grateful um, uh, for what God's doing at Park. Amen. Same. I mean, I was at uh, our BCM. We gave soups, and they were asking me, what should we pray for Park? And I prayed for the merger. I asked them to pray for the merger. But the other thing was just praying. Often prayer is a something we need that we don't have. But I told them to just give thanks to the Lord because I feel like our church has been very loving this past year and just very reaching out to one another. So Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, the fact that nine families opened up their homes uh, to, to bless college students, right, just, just yesterday, right? Um, and then how many people we came back for the members meeting. My goodness, the whole place was packed. It was so encouraging. Yeah, that's great. Um, so your second point, though, in uh, First John was, do you have confidence in prayer? Um, and you made some uh, good points here. You know, um, I thought one was when you started going after why we don't pray. You know, uh, if prayer is what it is, we could talk to God and uh, in supplication or intercession, we could ask for things. Why don't we? And uh, I thought it was really good. You said, do you actually believe he is powerful or that he has your best interest? Maybe he's said no to prayers. What, 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 you know, maybe triggered your mind when you were going through those things? Yeah. So obviously you have this, 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 what God has done in the gospel. So maybe, maybe if you look at the, the way the text is kind of formatted, uh, 13 is the gospel. This is, you, you know, that you have Christ, um, and if you have Christ, you have this relationship connection. I love the way you, you phrased it. If I could rewrite that section, I would probably just steal what you just said, right? You know, um, you know, do we know Christ? Are we in Christ? Do we love in Christ? You know, if you could maybe say that again. Do you have that written down? Do you believe in Christ? Do you live in Christ? Do you love in Christ? Oh, man, that's great. You know, um, that's a great mentality. So you have this idea of, okay, are we connected to Christ? And if we, if we are connected relationally in Christ, well, then we should go to him in prayer, right? Um, and... What I was trying to draw out is, you know, everybody can say, yeah, we love uh, we love the Lord, right? We're Christians. But what does it practically look like to love Christ, right? Well, it's a trust him, right? So in the situations of life, do you trust that God has your best interest in mind? And thinking about people in the life of our own body who are struggling with not 
maybe finding a spouse yet or not finding their perfect home or struggling to have children. Like Those are real things. And you have to ask yourself, do you believe that God is in control of your life and that he will bring exactly what you need when you need it? Do you believe that? And I think oftentimes we don't, right? And we lack faith and trust in him. So I think that often our main struggles in life are a battle in our own head and heart to believe that God is wise, that God is good, and that God is able, right? That's Those are the main struggles in life. Do I believe that God is wise in what he allowed this to happen? Do I believe that he is his good, right? That he has my best interest in mind? Uh, and, and do I believe that he's able? He's actually able to do these things. So those are just some ways that I was trying to draw that out uh, from the message. Yeah, that's good. I think um, so here's a question maybe for someone who's struggling with their prayer life and they're realizing it's because they are having a, their relationship with God. It's revealed to them maybe the relationship with God isn't as good as they thought it was and they seem to be desperate. Right? I want to trust God more. I want to be able to go to him in prayer and they're kind of maybe freaking out a little bit. What, what would you say to them? Uh, well, it depends on what they mean by freaking out, right? So I got I to I, I probably clarify that in terms of that, that desperation. Okay. You know, but I think that, you know, oftentimes when it talks about relationships, we we want that a feeling, right? Like you mentioned that either I feel like I have a good relationship with God. Well, I realize I don't have a relationship, good relationship with God. Well, what do I do? Well, you do what, you, what God always tells you to do. You read your word. Um, you uh, pray. You fellowship with the saints. You try to obey him, right? You just do it today, and then you do it tomorrow, and then you do it the next day. You know, we there is no short, like, you know, um, microwave Christianity where you can't just microwave a relationship. Like, you can't, like, I mean, you got to go take some work. Like, if someone came to me and they've met for, like, they've never talked to each other, and they've, hey, I've, I started dating this girl. We went on one date, and I feel like our relationship's not very good. <laughs> it's okay, well... Why don't you just take her on another date and ask questions <laughs> and get to know her and learn and study and study her, your study her. Well, I think that the same thing for the Lord. Open His Word, study, learn, go on that journey to really dig in that relationship with the Lord. But you actually have to pray. Like, you know, like that's the thing. Like everything in our society tells you not to pray, right? It wants to keep you really busy. It wants to keep you uh, always looking and being entertained, right? And that really will kill your prayer life. Uh, mm. So you have to actually prioritize a time I'm going to pray, right? I'm even here, like I'm, I'm doing this, recording this podcast on my on my laptop, right? So what do I have on my laptop? I have notifications coming in. Email came in. Uh, a, a text message came in, which tells me, look at that, ignore John Whitaker, right? Look at that, that thing that's kind of creeping into my attention, you know? And I think it's the same thing with the Lord. Like I'm trying to focus on the Lord, uh, like a dog after meat, right? And and what's happening is these other things kind of try to fly into my to my attention to, to, to distract me from my relationship with the Lord. So I, I guess you know you, everyone has their own distractions, but there's things there's there's distractions and there's deep seated stuff that are kind of have become part of my character, part of who I am that may have stilted my relationship with God that I just do not want to actually admit. You know, like I, I don't want to talk to God. Because I'm really angry with him, but I don't actually want to say that I'm angry with him because I know that it's not right, you know. But I don't, you know. So like that's why that's that's why I was trying to get across that heart work. Yeah, which may be encouragement for someone if they find themselves there is uh, 
just when you said that, it came to mind is uh, when Jacob is wrestling with God, right? You know, he wrestles with God and he's blessed for it. He's blessed because, and then he, you know, he changes his name, Israel. You, you, you struggled with God. Yeah. And it seems to be Israel's only accomplishment. <laughs> you know, like they believe sometimes, they don't believe sometimes. What do they do? They continue to struggle with God and God keeps them. You know, yeah. that's just, God's keeping them throughout that because they aren't really the, he, he says it multiple times, you, you weren't the best, you know, you weren't the biggest. You know, yeah. it's just, you stayed and then sometimes you didn't and I kept, and I brought you back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's good. That was a good word. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, your third point, uh, do we have a confident prayer life? Um, is there something in the scripture that made you get that or is that more of a pastoral application from the last one? Yeah, it was more of a pastoral application. I'm trying to connect the two points of prayer and life, right? So life, we have eternal life, connection with the Lord, um, relationally connected. Number two, are we praying? My assumption is that we're not praying as we ought, right? Uh, so what do we do to help us pray more, right? So just those are just a couple of applications that I thought were helpful, both some individual and then some corporately. Yeah. Uh, is there any of those that you that sticks out to you most? Yeah, I guess I, I was thinking about this point uh, when I was preparing it. I'm like, okay, do I just go and, and like share all the different prayers in the New Testament? You know, like there's, do I talk about praying the scriptures? And I, there's, there's so much to say it that someone could say in prayer. Um, so I knew this was going to be towards the end of the message. So I'm like, okay, let me just kind of do some quick highlights here, right, of, of here's some things that might help your prayer life, right? Some are directly related to the body, right? I think the first one is just praying the scriptures, you know, meditating on how the scripture uh, teaches on prayer, right? Um, I think the second one, uh, the idea of praying, like focusing on how we, how we organize our own services, um, realizing that we have a prayer of praise and thinking about how the, the scripture is read and then how we pray, praise God based on the scripture that is read. Uh, we, we confess sin, which is interesting. I think both um, Corey and Connor did a great job on Sunday. Because, yeah, you know, you, you read Second First Samuel 2, it's really a prayer of Hannah, right? And it's a prayer of praise from Hannah, right? And they read that and they meditated on it and said, how, what do we need to confess based on this passage? And they said, we need to confess our arrogance, confess our prayerlessness, uh, uh, confess that we don't always believe that God is powerful enough. Like, I mean, they just kind of meditated on the passage and then confessed where we want to be, which is a great thing we do in Scripture. You know, we have the assurance of pardon, you know, uh, we're, we're forgiven, and then supplications. So I thought it was just a, just a wonderful, um, you know, kind of like, notice that every single week we're teaching you how to pray. Yeah. That's what was, that was part of the idea. Maybe, let's, let's quickly, let's go through our, our service of prayer. You did that during your service. Yeah. Or during the sermon. Um, prayer of praise. What do you think I have to learn in that? In that uh, well, I think that too often we are so concerned with ourselves and our issues that we don't just stop and praise God, right? Mm. So we praise Him for His character, uh, we praise Him for His works. The, the Bible is all like replete with ideas of praising Him, right? Mm. Uh, praise Him in song, praise Him, you know, uh, for what He's done. You know, I read this morning Psalm 105, right? Tell of His works, and what does it tell? It talks about how He went from Joseph to. Um, to Moses and how he, you know, redeemed Israel. Um, and it's just, you're just praising him, right? So I think that we can learn that life is really about praising God and thanking him for what he's, for who he is. That's good. Now, uh, confession. Uh, confession is that we're called to live a life of repentance, 
Uh, so we have to regularly confess our sins. Uh, and it's okay to not be okay. You know, we can confess our sins and that's right and good when we do that. Um, you know, so not trying to hide from the Lord, but trying to honestly confess. You know, too often I think the Christian life is, uh, in America at least, I mean, I can't speak from, probably true for the rest of the world, but we don't want people to see any weakness in us. You know, we want people to look at us at, as the best, but to realize that we're weak sinners um, and fall uh, is helpful uh, to remind us of the hope of the gospel. Would you like to talk about the assurance of pardon? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've tried to do with the assurance of pardon, especially now having a different elder uh, kind of doing the assurance of pardon, it's one way that the elders can kind of shepherd the church each and every week, right? Especially with COVID, having two services that they, an elder is in front of the church every week, uh, providing that role of, of shepherding and teaching, reminding them of the gospel. Um, you know, and I think that's what the confession does. Confession realizes that we have need. Uh, and then the assurance of pardon, we have forgiveness, right? I love that verse, blessed is he whose sins are uh, forgiven, who um, you know, iniquity is covered. Oh, what a wonderful uh, word. I need that. I need that every single week. And uh, you have the pastoral prayer, or I mean, offertory prayer. Yeah, offertory prayers, a prayer of thanksgiving. We thank God for what he's given us. Um, and it's a, it's a very brief prayer, right? Um, we want to thank him for what he's given us and then want to give back to him a, a portion of what we received and asking him to continue to use uh, our, our, our tithes and offerings. Um, and the pastoral prayer is more a prayer of supplication, praying for specific things in the body of Christ, uh, praying for the, the, the gospel to go forth in the nations. We do that partly because we want us to have a heart for the nations and not just for our, our, our own community. Um, but we also want to pray for other churches because we don't have, hold a corner of, of God, God's truth. Uh, we want the kingdom to grow, not just Park Baptist Church. Um, and then just kind of preparing our hearts for the sermon. That's good. And you also gave some other tips. Um, one that stuck out to me was the fasting and prayer walking. Maybe, maybe quickly, just talk about fasting because I feel like it's a topic we don't hear about a lot. Yeah. So I mean, if you read uh, in in the Sermon on the Mount, it says when you fast. It doesn't say if you fast. This is when you fast. I think this should be part of the the idea. Um, I mean, Jesus talked about when we have the, when the bridegroom is with them, right? They're not going to fast. They're going to celebrate. But when the bridegroom's gone, we, we, we fast, longing for his return. And I think what fasting does is it, it sharpens your senses, right? Specific when you fast from food, right? Because you have a physical reaction, right, when you don't eat, right? You have hunger pains, right? And when you have hunger pains, the idea is that you're going to focus on the Lord in that. Right, and you are going to take the time that you may would have eaten, right, and and pray, and maybe use the resources that you would have used on food, and give them away, right, um, and that's kind of trying to intensify uh, your your time with the Lord, um, and then you realize that you don't need the things of this world, right? Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I think this we're kind of putting our priority and our hope not in the physical. Uh, but in the spiritual. So I think that's what fasting often does. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be food. Some people can't do that because of dietary issues. Um, but when you fast things and you let things go, it does kind of create space in your life schedules uh, to spend more time with, with the Lord. That's good. Uh, well, that's all the questions I have. Is there anything that you may be application-wise or anything you'd like to... 
Uh, yeah, so me and, me and uh, Simeon, uh, two elders, got together this past week, and that was just one of our heart's prayers, that we would be a congregation that would really lean more on the Lord in prayer, right? Um, and how do you cultivate that, you know, uh, that we would just be more dependent on the Lord in prayer? Um, I, I guess that we're just, we need to pray <laughs> that, that God would, would, would birth uh, us in that, because all spiritual growth is from God. Um, so if we grow with a greater dependency on prayer, uh, I, I think that our church would be a healthier place, um, you know, so that we wouldn't trust in our giftings only, uh, but we would trust in uh, in God's power through prayer. So it's just a, a desire that we have. Uh, I was thinking about even, because um, I think if you look at the text, um, verses 13, could you could also all the way go down to verse 17. That could almost It's almost one line of prayer. I wanted to break that up a little bit. I thought if I talked about the you know, the verses 16 and 17, I would have kind of lost um, prayer uh, in there. Um, yeah. So next week should be a very challenging sermon. Um, but I think that I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I took time to encourage the church to pray. So mm. That's good. Yeah, I had a question where someone asked me after service about uh, verse 16. So I was like, uh, tune in next week. <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you close this out, friend? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness and your mercy, Lord, that you have shown towards us. And we're thankful, Lord, that your mercy is new every day. And we're thankful, we're thankful for Christ and his death and his resurrection. And that the veil was torn and that we can come to you in prayer. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us become more dependent on you. That you would help us, Lord, to uh, see our need of prayer and what a gift it is that you have ordained us to pray. Um, and that you use our prayers, that you hear our prayers, uh, because you love us and you're our Father. Help us, Lord, prick our hearts to have eyes that see our brothers and sisters and hearts that are wanting to pray for them. Because that's what Christ, Christ came and prayed for us and died for us. Help us lay down our lives as well. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.